my relationship with the Holy Spirit up until this point in my life has been so much of just letting myself rely on Him when I feel weak um, and letting Him empower me in that way and just being a friend and refining me through His presence. But it's almost felt like the Lord is shifting it for the season and the times we're in into more boldness, where it's actually the Holy Spirit is empowering boldness because even in counseling, there's a righteousness in me that no matter how much I might be empathizing with someone or even want to accommodate or please, hello, Anagram 2, there will be a boldness from the Holy Spirit within me because of that righteous standard that rises up and says, you need to speak the truth right now in this moment, even if it's hard, because you won't be doing your job or honoring me if you don't. I am joined by a special guest. She hails from Southern California, where it's sunny and expensive. (laughs) Um, She is dangerously prophetic. (laughs) She is a a marriage and and family therapist and my fellow uh, colleague, youth leader at Young Saints Reading, Hannah Wilson. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you so much. So... I feel like, so you're from SoCal, I'm from New York, and I feel (laughs) like we share similar things. I feel like Californians are happier than New Yorkers, but we are like, we're similar because we deal with traffic. So, but I just don't understand why you guys are happier and we're like more like, I don't know, stank or we're in a bad mood more. If you, I feel like you guys have more traffic than us because we like have the train or the public transportation and you guys just have to deal with the traffic every day, no matter what. So I don't know what it is about Californians (laughs) are just more mellow, down to earth and happy. Oh my gosh. It's probably the 70 degrees all the time. That might, that, that might make th- a little that, bit of a difference. That is, yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably true. That is probably true. So I have some random questions for Hannah. Yes. Number one is what is your Enneagram number? I am a two on that. So yeah, that was I. I do not like the Enneagram because I feel like it puts people in a box. Yeah. But if I have to say what yeah. I am, I do. I reluctantly am a two, and I read the results and I hated it, and I was like, "Great, that rings true." What, I don't what like is that. what is the title of the two? It's the helper. Oh, the so, helper. Okay, yes, okay. That doesn't fit too well. It, it does. <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. No, yeah. I saw a post today. Some a friend of mine was like. Do any of you believe in the Enneagram? And it's like, I saw like a comment and he and people were like, it's not necessarily to believe in it, it just helps you out to figure certain things out. And yeah, like I, I, I'm a nine. So I see like certain things like, yeah, I can relate to that and other things like, ah, uh, maybe not. So I guess it, it helps people, but I can see why as well you don't like it because it does, you know, put people in a box and people could be like, oh yes, I'm just this and I can't be yes. anything else. So, But I do see what you mean of when you read it, you could have 
good self-reflection of, oh my gosh, I do that. I can be more aware. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> the next question, cats or dogs? Oh, dogs, 100%. Dogs, yeah. Every time. What, what's your favorite dog? Oh my goodness. I love German Shepherds. Oh. They're so cute. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're great. They're... We would, my sister and I want one so bad. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's our dream dog for sure. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Favorite outdoor activity? Ooh, probably hiking. Love like mountain hiking, jumping in a good cold lake. That'd be my go-to. Perfect. Favorite movie of all time? Oh my gosh. Okay, I gotta say Pride and Prejudice. I'm a hopeless romantic. So yeah. the, the focus version with Keira Knightley. So what? I've seen the title of the movie. I've like. I feel like I've seen it, like just looking, scrolling through movies, but I don't, I, I've never watched it. Your wife's probably seen it and you guys should watch it together. It's, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yes. What year did it come out? Oh my gosh. Probably back in 2000, when I was in college, I think 2009, mm -hmm. 2000. And I'm then you said sure. it stars who? It's Keira Knightley. So she's so likable and yeah. it's just such a good movie. So well done. Mm. <laughs> Today's Friday, so that's, I'm probably yes. gonna look for. I'm probably gonna look I, for that I title. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Favorite show of all time? Oh my gosh, The Crown on Netflix. Yeah, is that? So I'm a little bit of an Anglophile. Have you seen The Crown? No. Oh, so so good. It's about Queen Elizabeth, and it like oh. follows her lineage, and it's like a million dollars an episode. So well done. So hundred really? percent that show. <laughs> when when the pandemic uh, first hit. Me and my wife started watching, um, oh my gosh, Criminal Minds. Oh, and it's never a good show, it. but it's just like you know when the uh, pandemic happened, people were just binge watching things. It's yes. not good to binge watch because it's like if you're consumed with all that stuff that are like <laughs> criminals or or psychopath or serial killers, it's like it messes with your mind. Oh my <laughs> so gosh! It was like it's a good show, but it was like man, it was like should I be watching this at 10 p.m.? So it was not not good at 10 p.m. in 2020. No. And yeah, I'm just like a, a Marvel guy, so like I like watching Marvel things. My wife doesn't, so it's like I usually watch those things alone if i have to watch it like a show is probably that one with her like a criminal one so oh, that's funny that's the common ground for you guys yeah yeah, yeah i love yeah, that yeah <laughs> <laughs> what food you can't live without oh gosh i gotta say like daily would be peanut butter peanut like, butter put that in every smoothie really eat it with an apple like love peanut butter mm. <laughs> Probably a second would be it's not a food, but coffee. Oh. Coffee every day, yeah. Coffee, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, today I drank like, but you know, like this cup, like four or five, unfortunately. But oh. that's what happens when you have free coffee here. Oh my like, gosh. Add your I can't availability, imagine. and it's like they're doing me damage just by. I would not. I'd be shaking <laughs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, these questions are a little bit more like you can't answer like just a. It's not like a yes or no or a dog or a cat. Would you rather, and this is a funny question for you being from LA or from SoCal, would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Mm, definitely traffic lights. I drive a lot more than I stand in line. <laughs> yeah, okay. And would you rather have, this is a good question, would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at restaurants. Oh my gosh. I would say the international first class tickets. 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so one of the, one of the reasons that I thought about you for this um, mm-hmm. podcast, you're loved by the youth at Young Saints. When I see you praying for kids um, at Young Saints, it's just like you see them just receiving from the Lord and you see the presence of God emanating from you. And I wanted to hear like your background with with the Holy Spirit. Did you grow up um, knowing of the the Holy Spirit? Did you grow up in a conservative background? Did you grow up in a in a place where the Holy Spirit moved? What was your background mm-hmm. growing up in, in the charismatic movement? Yes. So I grew up Presbyterian. So if you know anything about Presbyterians, uh, there's bell choirs. It's about as dry as you can get. So uh, I'm not trying to generalize, but I did not grow up with a knowledge of like the charismatic movement at all. Never attended a Pentecostal church. So my journey with the Holy Spirit was very organic and um, really stemmed from my own hunger. So it was it was interesting. I think I was a pastor's kid, so okay. I kind of balked against religion, even though I always like loved the Lord in my heart. But I didn't really start experiencing the Holy Spirit until after college. Wow! I'd kind of lived like a double life, half in, half out. So I had surrendered my life, but was just really like into a lot of worldly things, partying, drinking. And then after college, I don't know if you've had that post-grad existential crisis of what am I doing with my life? But I was working at a restaurant, living with my parents and just like this, like hunger for God came over me. And I started, um, I found the one person at my church, my Presbyterian church that was prophetic. And I was like, I want to meet with you and I want you to pray for me. And I'm curious about prophecy. Like, what is this? I'm hungry. And I, and the moment I had really made that effort to start pursuing God, I started getting these really bad headaches and I met with her and she prayed for me and the headaches went away like immediately. And I was just like, whoa, the spirit realm, holy spirit, God, you're real. Like I've just felt you in that moment. I was just like hooked. So um, she would prophesy, like the journey really started is she would prophesy over me that something would happen, like the Lord wants to give you the gift of tongues. And then I would be in worship at a non-charismatic church, and then the gift of tongues just came in worship. And she prophesied that I would start feeling the presence of God, and I suddenly started feeling the manifest presence of God, like a blanket on me, and would just like hold my hands out and just wait, like completely still, like entranced that I could feel His presence and that He was so near. And, and that was really the beginning for me, just post-college, working at a restaurant, reading my Bible, not even knowing, living with my parents in LA, wow. <laughs> just pursuing God on my own. Wow. And did that bring like any friction at home, just being from uh, like, you know, that denomination is more conservative? Good question. Did, you know, with your parents, how did they, you know, yes. approach that or receive that? Yeah. I remember actually specifically my dad having a confrontation with me about tongues being demonic. And I love my dad. I want to just give a disclaimer. And he's in a way different place now. And he actually like has prophetic dreams and shares them with me. But, oh, wow. but then I think there was like, there was a lot of suspicion and fear and it was something that did cause friction, but it was, it was happening to me and it was so real to me that nothing could take it away. And, and, I, and I knew it was true and I knew he was just 
um, like operating from a place of fear. And so uh, it just like spurred me on more honestly to, mm. to experience that. But there was that for sure. So were you, once that happened, did you stay in that church or how you just stood there? Yes. Great question. I, um, I ended up working, I ended up moving up from LA to Mount Hermon after like a year after college. Where, I just lived there at? for a year. Mount Hermon's in Santa Cruz. Okay. Okay. So, and that's a Christian camp and it's all sorts of different denominations. And I ended up working there and I would see people coming through the conference center from all different denominations. So there would be like female preachers, charismatic preachers, people from all like races and backgrounds, like marriage conferences. So I like saw everything. So I was, that really piqued my hunger. And then I just was already speaking in tongues. So I was already pursuing the Lord. And I started, I read the whole Bible because I was so hungry that year, just from going to all the conferences. And um, I just started hearing the Lord's voice as well. And so it was almost like that year at home, kind of baptism by fire, moved to Santa Cruz, working at this Christian camp, still really pursuing the Holy Spirit on my own. But there were so many opportunities to learn and grow because of all the different denominations coming through. Um, And then one of my close friends who I'd met at that camp ended up doing first year. And so that was the second, I'd say, stage of exploring like the more with Mm -hmm. God. Oh, really? So at that point what your your friend came up here and like she was just telling you what she was experiencing here or how how yeah what was great the... great question so she actually we were praying together we had already heard of Bethel and that was another way that my relationship with the Holy Spirit got catalyzed is I had her in my life and we were both hungry and we were on the prayer team at our church and I wouldn't say that it was overtly charismatic but Um, There were definitely people who were prophetic and prayer warriors for Santa Cruz. So we really fed our hunger and we knew of Bethel. And then I really felt like, I I told her one night, like, I think you're supposed to do first year. And then she felt the Lord so strongly and ended up going. And when she came back down, she would be like manifesting and shaking. And I was like, and she would come to our church in Santa Cruz. And I was honestly weirded out. Like, I don't know about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when you first see it and it hasn't happened to you, yeah, yeah. I, I was literally scared. Like, what are you? You're like shaking uncontrollably. Yeah. What is this? And yeah. I had, I think I'd gone to one church in LA that was charismatic and it was a really wild night. And I was freaked out, like in the back. Like, I think this is, I don't know what this yeah. is. I just wanted to leave. And I actually thought think it was fear because um god god wanted to touch me in a deeper way but i was i wasn't ready yet but seeing someone i trusted having an experience like that really piqued my hunger and i remember like drawing a picture of myself in my journal covered in flames um and didn't even know why and then i visited her the week later at bethel for the first maybe the first second time and i walked into twin view hit the ground and was in a hour-long power encounter shaking uncontrollably oh my gosh. and and just was undone ever since then oh my god have um encountered god in that way yeah you know the the holy spirit like living in the holy spirit or watching the holy spirit move is offensive yes. to the human mind it doesn't matter if you come from a conservative background if you're coming from a charismatic background or if you've never knew jesus before it's just offensive because it wars against our flesh yes and it's like so it, it, it's like 
sometimes you think about the Lord and you think about being put together, being, you know, everything in order. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it just, your reputation leaves. Um, it's like God wants you at full dependency, not at self-reliance. Mm. It's like, I remember when that trip that I told you before we were recording in Orlando, like I was seeing the Holy Spirit move amongst all of us. And in school, I was never the person like was on the floor. Yeah. I was never <laughs> like, I was, I like, I knew it was the Lord and I uh-huh. believe, but it was just never me. Right. So, but in that trip, that was me. And I was oh like, my gosh. and yes. I was like, man, we are weird people. I told, <laughs> I told the other students that were with me, I'm like, we're just weird people. And it was just like, but I knew it was the Lord and I couldn't believe it, it was just like, you know, that scripture comes alive where Paul says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm. When you're in the Holy Spirit, you're in a whole to- totally different world and you're like a child. And that's what Jesus said. Yes. You have to be like a child to receive the kingdom. So, so it's 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 so crazy how offensive it could be to, you know, the human mind when the Holy Spirit, you know, comes and, and does what he wants to do. So I, I wanted to ask. You're a therapist. What yes. ha- was that a desire that you always had growing up? Was it after you experienced the Holy Spirit, or how was that um, approach to mm-hmm. studying therapy? Yes, um, that definitely was a spirit-led decision. Uh, I think that I, being at Mount Hermon, really receiving from God, like serving as a host at all those conferences. I remember this amazing black preacher. She was this powerful female came and I was like, I need to get coffee with you. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> and, and she was like, you need to go back to school. I just, that was like the one thing she told me really? when we met. And I, I really took that word and then heard that from other people. And I would never have chosen the licensure route because mm. I would much prefer the freedom of being able to really be as spirit led as you want. And so I, um, but I really felt the Lord on doing the license. So I I did it, and then I finished my hours in Reading, and oh, wow. it has been an amazing way of, I feel like doing that program was a, like a, a spiritual boot camp in discernment and learning to operate like day-to-day with the Holy Spirit at work um, without necessarily being able to be like shaking on the floor oh, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. prophesying <laughs> overtly over someone or yeah, yeah. Um, using religious language. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Um, one of the things when I joined um, the the youth team was I remember, so I was obviously new and I remember every time somebody mentioned you, like, oh yeah, Hannah, she's a, she's a prophetic super, fr-. and I was like, oh, oh that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice, awesome. Yeah. And I remember you gave me a prophetic word. Um, this was... It was earlier this year. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember if it was February or something. But you gave me a prophetic word. And I remember that you just gave me, like, you were like, this month, this is going to be such an important month for wow. you. And and, and I, I, I have it recorded. Yeah. Um, and, like, it literally happened the way that you told me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, wow. this is so crazy. Like, how, when was, like, the first time that you gave a prophetic word that you saw that it actually happened mm-hmm. or somebody gave you the feedback, hey, like, this word impacted my life or actually came to pass? Oh, my gosh. That would be a hard one to answer. <laughs> yeah, because um, also sometimes you don't know. Sometimes right. someone does not get back to you, and sometimes it does happen, and yes. they just don't say anything. Yes. I that, I love that um, 
you bring that up and it's a hard one to answer. I haven't thought about that, but I do remember it really getting activated actually when I served tables at a restaurant when I was in grad school because I would get words from my coworkers oh. and I would just take a risk and they'd like be like, hey, are unicorns important to you? And I'm obsessed <laughs> with unicorns. like, And it just emboldened me. like, mm. And I was like, wow, this is a tool to show people how real God is and how loved they are. And, and so I, I think my hunger to operate accurately really grew um, from there because you know you it's an immediate like evangelism tool to reach someone and that was when i really started reaching out and taking risks with it Mm. um and i think also i would receive the lord's words over my life before i ever gave any to anyone else Mm. so the prophetic for me started with listening to god's voice and i just got obsessed with like what he was saying and Mm. reading the word and he would confirm things in the word and i i think just writing down what he would say over my life and and feeling it confirmed and um, confirmed again and again was something that also really just was the first way mm. I, I built that and cultivated that. Wow. So. Now, obviously, you, you just prior to that, you spoke about in, in, in terms of therapy sessions, not using yeah. the religious language <laughs> right. or the shaking. Totally. I want to hear, like, how have you used or have you ever used the prophetic or have you ever heard the voice of God in terms of for your clients? Yes. And how has that worked out? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll have people come in and I'll feel the Lord immediately say like, they're called to change a nation. And then they're like <laughs> stubborn, angry, don't want anything to do with me. But it gives me um, like the overarching unction. I need to sit with it and stay there with them. And, and a lot of times I won't say anything if they don't know the Lord yet. Um, but I see a lot of believers as well. And I will prophesy over believers and non-believers. I t- I sort of do it in a way of like, hey, I think this is what might be happening right now, or this is how I see you being challenged. Um, Because counseling, I think good counseling really is less guidance and more helping people come to their own conclusions. But there are those moments where you almost give the rhema word to confirm what they're already experiencing, which I think is often what's also happening in the prophetic. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answers that. Yeah, in terms of have you ever like seen maybe you don't have to tell them, oh, yeah. you know, I'm feeling this, but have have you ever seen like God give you a solution? Like like mm. it was definitely God's hand in helping you mm. um like get someone through inner healing because yes. of like a prophetic word or the yes. Holy Spirit helping you in discernment and things that yeah. like you wouldn't have done it without actually oh his my intuition. Gosh. Yes. And I would say that like probably too many times to count Uh because, um, and it's, I think that I'm trying to think of a specific scenario to give you. I know like I had, yeah, you meet with people every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I I know that, um, like sometimes it'll just be one word like self-hatred or inner inner vows or, or, and that comes to you and you just work from Mm. there. Other times it will be a question you ask them, like, are you, are, are you hiding this? Or, and then it's like, oh my gosh, she, she called that out. Or, oh, wow. Um, with, with couple, a lot of therapy is also discernment, like discerning motives, which is, I think, another aspect of the prophetic that's not yeah. as overt, but so yeah. necessary if you're wanting to set someone free mm. um, and also not be manipulated or, uh. or pulled around, um, which I think can happen if you're not operating in your discernment. Yeah. And so... Um, I think that 
it's it's so hard because I feel like the way that I operate with the Lord doing it now is so all-encompassing to every aspect of it. It would be hard to just pick one one way. It's almost like I just have to yield myself every time because I have nothing if I don't have Him with me. Yeah. Um, and I mean that. It's wild. I think one thing I've, I've really felt Him challenging me to do lately is— um, be bolder in confrontation. And I think that's an aspect of the prophetic and being led by the Holy Spirit that we don't always talk about. Let me reformulate that thought because I was reflecting on this before I I came in and I actually felt the Lord on it so strong, even thinking for the listeners um, who are listening. But I I know that um, my relationship with the Holy Spirit up until this point in my life has been so much of just letting myself rely on him when I feel weak um, and letting him empower me in that way and just being a friend and refining me through his presence. But it's almost felt like the Lord is shifting it for the season and the times we're in into more boldness where it's actually the Holy Spirit is empowering boldness because even in counseling, there's a righteousness in me that no matter how much I might be empathizing with someone or even want to accommodate or please, hello, Anagram 2, there will be a boldness from the Holy Spirit within me because of that righteous standard that rises up and says, you need to speak the truth right now in this moment, even if it's hard, because you won't be doing your job or honoring me if you don't. Um, Or there have been just even situations at work surrounding like mandates and vaccines. And I know that's a whole other topic Um, (laughs) and that's a whole other podcast, but where I've just personally felt like it's your time to, to actually have boldness uh, and that the Holy spirit is empowering me to lead more than for my own refinement. And I, and I believe that this hour, um, the Holy spirit is on us so that we'll have a boldness we wouldn't have without him Mm. and we'll have a tenacity that we wouldn't have without him for the times we're in um, because it really is like not to be dramatic, but do or die. Like absolutely for the times we're oh, in. Oh yeah. Yeah. These times it, it's, it's crazy. The heightened awareness of just everything yes. that's going on in the world. And even that, that word of boldness that you said, I feel like that accompanies the prophetic and like yes. you're right on when you were speaking, I, I was thinking about the story of Nathan and, and David yes. where you know, Nathan is an advisor, a prophetic advisor for David, and he just confronts him. And it's like, there are certain things you just might be afraid to say to the king because like something could get you killed. But, you know, he was bold enough to tell him directly, hey, you are the one that, you know, you stole away the the lamb from this person or you killed the lamb from the person and you're the one who's guilty of that. And that confrontation brought healing yes. to David and it restored David's relationship with God. So, you know, that boldness, it, it's needed, but it, it comes with that prophetic anointing. So I think it's you're right on w- with that. Yes, and I love that story so much. And that story <laughs> emboldens us because it is like, I think me in my own flesh, if I hadn't gone through this process with the Lord, would be an absolute people pleaser and would not speak up. But the irony is I am called... I feel like he's called me to be someone who confronts and speaks boldly um, without fear of man and without fear of losing uh, like the approval of said audience, whether it's client or, yeah. um, and I don't mean that I love my clients so much, but love speaks truth. And I, that's just a season I'm in. Um, and I think that without the Holy Spirit empowering me, 
like I wouldn't have that strength, but mm. yielding to that gives me the strength to operate in something that would not come naturally. And that means that God's power is in it. And that's where we're actually strong. Mm. So, and, and I feel like I feel, but I kind of almost know like your profession is like one of the most needed professions mm. right now. It's like you see people just struggling with anxiety, depression, mm. suicidal, um, and a lot, you know, I have friends back in New York that, you know, they've been struggling with mm. mental health. Yeah. And, you know, I try to help as much as I can. And they have counselors that they go to and they just try to, or psychiatrists, and all they try to do is put them on medication. Yes. And they see, they, they don't see the light or they don't see the end of the tunnel. Mm. They feel like they're stuck in a cycle. Yeah. But, and, and and when I try to speak to the person, I'm like, I wish there was like a holy ghost filled counselor therapist mm. in in there with them that that would be able to help them do it because all that they're looking to do is just hey do this take yeah. this medication you're you're gonna be like this for the rest of your life and there's yeah. no hope yeah but you know I I pray. You know, even with with this podcast, like I'm making a prayer, like God may f like rise up therapists like yes. you that are filled with the Holy Spirit yes. and spread out all over the country, all over the world. Yes. Because in the charismatic movement or Holy Ghost people, is like therapy is kind of like a sin. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like a sin. It's like <laughs> if you're having marriage issues, if you're suicidal or anything oh you just have to pray oh you yeah. just have to fast or we're right. gonna cast out a demon or anything right. and obviously all that all that is true it's yeah. biblical but therapy is from the lord it's not yeah. a sin people see therapy as a worldly a worldly thing or yeah. secular thing and, and it's not yeah it's not so it it's you you are needed uh mm. therapists are needed Thank and you. i love that you are on this podcast because it's like it's that merge but now i feel like now people like are seeing it in church but they're still a part of the church that is like uh no <laughs> therapy is like a sin or you don't speak mm. about it too much i don't know if you've encountered that yeah gosh you know i i think that it's hard for me because I feel the way God has called me to the therapeutic world is actually almost to figure out my own um, voice in it because I think on, I completely agree with what you're saying of we need safe counselors. We need wisdom more than ever in the yeah. hour we're in. Oh my goodness. And like a, a great therapist specifically, I think for marriage can change your life. It's change your kids, you know, the trajectory of everything. It's so um, healthy. And, but also when I went to school and I went through that process, there was a lot I didn't agree with. Um, and it was hard for me of like, God, I don't agree with this, but you're asking me to submit to this. Mm. Um, and in like what you're saying, your friends go to someone and they put, they give them a diagnosis for the rest of their life yeah. and they put them on medication. And when I go to LA and I go to a book, a bookstore, the, the biggest section of the bookstore is psychology. Wow. The biggest section is, is that's what's replaced, um, I would say religion in the, in 2020 in the era that yeah. we're in mental health and the mental health awareness, which isn't all bad, but that's become the answer for yeah. people. And that's become, um, 
where people are going because they're overwhelmed and anxious. So we need believers to be in that realm, um, to be a light, like you're saying, and also to carry something different because an antidepressant and a diagnosis are going to keep you one place, whereas Jesus is going to set you free. And 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 therapists who carry the wisdom of God and who carry his revelation are going to carry keys um, that are going to open doors like Daniel to, to have influence in a greater way. And I think I'm just so passionate about that. No, yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I can tell. What advice would you give somebody like listening who might be dealing with anxiety. Anxiety is like one of the biggest yeah. things right now. Totally. Like sometimes even myself, like I feel anxious sometimes. I'm like, why do I feel anxious? Mm. And it's like, what am I doing? Is yes. it this? Is, am I putting too much on myself? Yes. So what advice would you give someone who's yeah. like dealing with anxiety and yeah. they don't know what to do? Totally. And someone is like, oh, just take uh, this medication mm. and they may not want to do it. Yeah, great, great question. I think one thing I would say is go through everything you do and and evaluate how you feel afterward. Like if I wake up and the first thing I do is go on my phone, take note of that. How do I feel afterward? Almost like a food log mm. where you go through um, when you're trying to lose weight and you monitor everything you eat so you have a better idea of like the way you're spending your time. And, and sometimes that can help you realize the sources of it because, you know, anxiety is kind of like this overall buzz and you don't know why you feel the way you do. And yeah. often it's a secondary emotion and there's something deeper underneath. And so I think taking some time to do like a little inventory on how am I spending my de- my time, what doors are open open? Is there anything, what relation, like how are my relationships? Are they healthy? Are they life-giving? Just doing a little um, assessment of all of the areas of my life. And that's usually what I'll do with my clients is like, let's look at everything and see what is giving you strength and what is actually sapping your strength. Um, And also reconnecting them to activities that reconnect them to peace and reconnect Mm. them to Jesus. Because when we feel overwhelmed, what we usually do is zone out on our phones. Oh, yeah. Right? I feel like that's become, it's like, that's become... Because it's so easy. it's, It's the easiest thing to do. Yes. I'll do it. I know I'm like convicted of it myself of like, you almost want to dissociate from how intense everything is. So you're just taking more information in. And I think we're waterlogged and oversaturated with information. Yeah. And that's a big reason why we're, we're so anxious. Not all the time, but often. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I, I try to evaluate. I'm like, am I addicted to social media? And then I cut off social media. And then we're like, no, no, no. I'm not addicted to social. I'm addicted to information. Yes. Because it's like, when I'm not on social media, I'm like searching about like what's going on. And it's uh-huh. like, oh, no, it's information that I'm addicted <laughs> to. Whether yes. it's like what's happening in somebody's life or what's happening in the world or so I'm like, ah, uh-huh. oh. so it, it's because uh-huh. like, we're in the information age or except, I don't know. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. It's like we have a lot of little information about everything and everybody and no depth. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was living in the 90s no, or I something know, like I that. The 90s. Yeah. The 90s are <laughs> like, I feel like obviously people have their biases. Oh, 80s or whatever. Uh-huh. For me, it's the 90s. Oh my <laughs> like gosh. that's the one I miss. I love it. I love the 90s. Yeah. I'm a 90s kid. So I will, I'm with you on that nostalgia. <laughs> so I want to go back to that um, encounter you, you said that you had when you yes. were in Twin View. And I want to conclude with that. Yeah. I want you to go in detail into what you felt when you were on the floor, Mm. um, what that awakened in you, what that uh, made you die to. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. So if you can go in detail with that and what can you tell someone who Mm. 
may want to encounter the Holy Spirit. Maybe they have felt, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people have felt the Lord, the presence of God, whether it was on a Sunday or whenever in a retreat, Mm. but there's something that happens when God just takes over. Yeah. And so. I, um, I love that question. And I, I just remembering actually what happened prior to that encounter. And I think that that will give more context to what was happening in that encounter, because I remember the few weeks before that happened, I was in my bed, like worshiping, rocking back and forth, like, God, I'm giving you everything. I'm laying it all on the altar. I just had this hunger to re-surrender and die and and let go of every aspect of my life like that I was holding on to because there were a lot of outcomes I was waiting on and holding mm. on to. And that was producing anxiety. Mm. So I remember prior to that point, um, just and I wasn't saying I earned it or something like that, but there was a almost like a dying process I was going through that year. I had um, died to so much, and I I really feel that the Lord was honoring that. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, and for honoring sure. that like that it had been such a hard year. It was the last year of me being in school and finishing this degree that He led me into, and it, it felt like Him saying like. Beloved, I'm endorsing like the sacrifice and I'm saying like I'm my, my fire is gonna fall on that sacrifice. And mm. and I think that um whether you're shaking on the floor like I did, or um you are not moving at all, because some people don't manifest that way and all yeah. his fire and his spirit falls like the most fully and profoundly when we are yielding everything. Mm. And we're saying, like, Lord, it's it's not it's not me anymore. It's not my will. It's it's yours. And I know that you're so good that it's going to make me alive and it's going to be what's best for me. But I'm I'm yielding completely to you. I think that's when the Holy Spirit's the most free to move. And I know um, from that encounter, I've had, you know, I feel like the Lord just continued to kill me, not to be dramatic, but just mm-hmm. yielding and letting go and releasing expectations. But anytime I'm in a setting where there are moments to be marked, I feel His Spirit with me and um, His His pleasure on like the, the things I'm yielding and giving up. And I think that I'm not trying to make my myself some amazing <laughs> like martyr or something like that. But I think that it was it was the sacrifice and the willingness to lay down and go low before the Lord that led to those encounters. And that's Mm. what I would say um, brings his fire Mm. fully and truly Mm. when it's real. Yeah. Like you said, that sovereign moment when you were in Florida of like, I wasn't even asking for it at you. And I know you had just been through such an intense year and the Lord just touched you like, Hey, I'm with you in all of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, we were suckers for religion. Right. Yeah. And religion is what can I do for God on my mm. own strength? Yes. You know, and proving to God how strong yes. I am. And just like you were saying, but when you, when you yield, when you die to yourself, yes, it's not about you anymore. It's not right. about how strong you are. Exactly. And that's when God can come and just take over because and it was isn't God doesn't expect us to do things in mm-hmm. our own he expects no. our yes exactly. he expects uh, the the dying but the strength comes from him 100% from him yes and and that's why what, what I want the people to realize that you know the holy spirit is is for everyday life it's not if yes. you're a minister it's not if you're a pastor an evangelist or you want to be a missionary but yeah. as like you you're a therapist and you need the holy spirit oh my gosh for your job every day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not possible especially so much like i was i was thinking about it, i was like man I, if that was me 
I'm like hearing people's junk every day. <laughs> that could be that could go on you, that burden, that yeah. heaviness. Yeah. You understand? But if when you're in a in a giving as, uh, aspect or you have light coming out of you, you know, you're not taking it in. Yes. So yes. so so yeah. I want I want you to pray for the listeners. Mm. However you you feel led. Mm. I, I know that there are a couple of people that are going to listen and they're going to, there's something that's going to strike into their heart from what you're, what you're going to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Thank, thank you so much. No, no. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah. God, I thank you for everyone listening to this podcast. I thank you that you are stoking a hunger in them because you want to impart more. And I thank you that they have a destiny um, that's so beyond themselves and that even in in listening to this, they would just be provoked to like yield themselves to your absolute adventure for their lives. And and God, I just pray that even in this moment, they would feel the weight of your presence, your pleasure, even lifting anxiety right now, um, lifting depression, hopelessness. I just thank you that there is hope, that there is hope and that like you are hope and that you have such a glorious plan for their lives. And I pray that in this moment, they would feel literally a lifting of any heaviness, a lifting of any false yoke, any false responsibility, a lifting of even the the need to figure it out themselves exactly because that are do it themselves that Lord, it's not by strength and it's not by power, but it's by your spirit and it's simply yielding to you. And I just pray for a grace to just yield to your presence and in that, that you would fill them, fill them to overflow with your presence, Jesus. Amen. And how can our listeners find you? Instagram, oh website? Oh my gosh, I deleted my Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, I'm off the grid right uh, now. Yeah. But, but down the line, I, I probably will have something. If you want to search, if you're in Reading and you want to come to counseling you, you can search me hannah wilson and come to my my website yes if um. you're in reading please do please do <laughs> highly recommend yes. it and anyone who knows her or anyone from our team at at young saints will highly recommend will say a hundred times yes <laughs> thank you so much hannah oh i love having you thank you such an honor <laughs>